We are very excited to welcome Supper Bloom to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. Supper Bloom is the creative vehicle for Sonoma County's own Quenby Dolgushkin, a <laughs> person who, in my opinion, is an artist in the truest sense. Tonight, we'll get to know them as we learn about their method, their inspirations, their intentions, and later, they will do a performance. Please welcome to the program, Supper Bloom. Thank welcome. you so much. Thank <laughs> you so much. This is very exciting. Um, I... I saw you perform Under This Mantle a month ago, and mm-hmm. I was so grabbed by it that I sent you a message <laughs> a couple days later, and here we are. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a very unique thing. This is not the sort of thing you would normally see um, just in terms of like the shows that we have on this stage or at the Arlene Francis where I saw you perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you do a performance tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a 10-minute thing, and I would just love it if you could just describe just as the foundation setter for our conversation, describe mm-hmm. what exactly you did as part of that performance. So the piece is about um, a spider. And really, I just, uh, I went off of just being really inspired by um, what spiders do and um, wanting to... Um, create a space where I could personify um, a spider and um, kind of take the things that it does instinctually and um, make rituals out of it. Um, I mean, anytime I've seen a spider weave a web or eat a bug or anything, there's just like such an intricacy to it and uh, beauty to it. And... um, I just I wanted to put that on the stage and um, and then I also created music to go along with it and um, so um, yeah my songs play throughout and uh, really all the songs are about <laughs> this spider and um, the the lyrics are just super simple um, but it, I guess what resonated to me um with it the most was the the cycles that a spider goes through the the life and death and um it was just something i was thinking a lot about uh was was actually death and and rebirth and how oftentimes spiders they lay their eggs and then they immediately die or um they give birth and they and the the children eat eat its body and <laughs> so um yeah just all those images and everything do you recall the moment in your life where you became fascinated with the spider i know that uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on you, you have uh, you, your influences have changed over time mm-hmm. and personifying animals and insects which i don't want to spoil the later <laughs> interview but this is something that has grabbed you lately mm-hmm. um i'm curious the spider in particular yeah. Do you remember if there was a, a moment or a collection of moments where you were like, this is a, a creature that fascinates me? Yeah, well, uh, I remember being a kid and um, 
And my siblings are both so afraid of spiders. And actually a lot of my friends were too. And I just like never quite made sense to me. I just thought that they were really beautiful. I mean, I didn't want to be like covered in spiders or anything, of course. But like, um, I just, I, I just remember uh, being little and watching a spider weave its web and thinking it was a really beautiful, a really beautiful act. <laughs> yeah, I, I love spiders too. I, I, if if you don't like mosquitoes and flies and things like yeah. that, spiders are really great to have exactly. around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you would both say that this is a misunderstood insect. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's so feared. So I, I take that you have then sympathy for the spider. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was actually going to say. I just remembered uh, when I was little, my my uncle just hated spiders, and um, there was this big, big, scary looking one. He grabbed it and he put it in a jar and he just let it suffocate. This sounds terrible. He just let it suffocate to death. And I was just so disturbed. I was like, I just couldn't believe, you know, we're so big and we're probably the scariest thing on this planet. Let's be honest. We are. Um, And uh, I just couldn't believe their irrational fear and the and um, the absurdity of like watching this tiny little thing die because you're afraid of it. This, uh, this project, uh, Supper Bloom, feels very culminative to me anyway, as far as like watching you and your artistic path. Uh, you, you mentioned to me that you've been putting some thought into like the personal story arc of yourself as an artist. And mm-hmm. um, could you tell us a little bit about that path? Because uh, I I mean it when I said it earlier about how I feel like you're an artist in the truest sense. Uh, I've gotten to work with you on a couple things, and this is this is the third time that we've uh, you know collaborated on it. And every time, it's just fascinating to watch you, and it's a, it's just a pleasure to watch you. Thank you. Um, and I think part of that is because you think very deeply about you know how you present and how you perform and how you process, mm-hmm. and. Um, You've been thinking about that lately, and I would love it if you wouldn't mind sharing with us some of that path. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about it. Um, um, I started in theater. That was um, uh, at a, around 15, I became part of a theater um, troupe. Um, it was um, for teens. And previous, I had had some theater experience, but um, it kind of left me like, uh, I don't know, like, it was lacking something. Um, uh, but I got to, uh, I got introduced to the Imaginists, who are still around and amazing, and uh, they're based out of Santa Rosa. Because I, as a kid, I had, I had, I was constantly making up characters, constantly making up stories. I lived in a, in a fantasy world. That's where I felt most comfortable. And, um, and, so my family thought I would love the theater anyway. And so then I met the Imaginists, and, um, and I did. I fell in love with it, and I'm so grateful for the, um, the type of theater they introduced me to, which was um, original works, um, mostly original works. Uh, we worked as an ensemble, um, created things from scratch. A lot of times we did adaptations of... Um, of different uh, things, myths and fairy tales, and um, or other stories, um, and yeah, I just I, I loved that way of creating. Um, and they were never never afraid of of 
of it being raw and unfinished and um, always a work in progress. And, um, you know, sometimes, like when I was younger, I craved things to be a little bit more polished. Um, and I, I, it made me nervous to present something in, in, its, in, its, um, in, a, in a form that didn't feel necessarily finished. Um, but they, um, they always encouraged that exploration that, that a, a piece is never really finished. Which I think has been uh, integral in terms of the artist that you've become. Mm-hmm. Because I think that some people would watch this piece and they, they just wouldn't know how to process it because, <laughs> because it is very, it's very simple. It's very raw, mm-hmm. but, but that's what makes it powerful in my opinion. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm drawn to. And yeah. that, and, um, anytime I start creating something and, and the, the temptation to, um, make it like this perfect polished thing, like, I, I don't even know if it, it's possible, but, um, I have to resist that temptation. And, and I'd say that for me, uh, vulnerability is, is kind of my driving force to be, to be as vulnerable as I can and as honest as I can. Um, um, and yeah, I feel like that's something that the Imaginist really instilled in me and, and encouraged, and it was really empowering. I definitely uh, see the vulnerability that you put into the work that you do. Yeah. And I'm curious because it, it's it's like so tangible in, in your work. Have you had difficulty like stepping back into the real world and then stepping into a performance world and then stepping back in the real world when you put such an emphasis on vulnerability? I could imagine that's a very jarring thing. Yeah. 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 Um, that's been actually uh, something that I've, I feel like I've most... I've come to peace with it a little bit more than than previously, but it was very it was very jarring for me. And um, you know, there were there were performances that just left me like feeling so wrecked. And um, and and immediately afterwards, like I I couldn't even you know make eye contact with people, you know, and um, and or talk about it at all. Like I just needed to like do it and then leave, you know? Um, and now like more recently, I feel more comfortable with how uncomfortable I feel after I perform. Um, because I am, I am an introvert. I am pretty shy. Um, performance is, is, uh, something that I live for. Um, and it's, it's such a, a weird duality to like, you know, uh, be kind of such a shy person on one hand and then on this other hand, just have this drive to, to be, to be a performer and, and to share with so many people in, in, in a live space, you know? I believe that your first pieces were adaptations of fairy tales and Greek myths. Yes, yeah. And, and that was before you started to shape your own pieces. Yeah. Can you recall any uh, fairy tales or Greek myths that particularly spoke to you or oh, yeah. really grabbed you? Anything you want to share on that front, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, um, well, so the first solo piece that I created was um, three characters and two of them I borrowed so one was a siren like from the Odyssey um, 
And then the second one was, um, well, I, I thought of her as Baba Yaga, but she was just a, a witch. And, um, but from the Russian fairy tale, Baba Yaga, that's one of my favorite. And I've, I've made a, um, I've made another piece. Actually, the, the fairy tale is called Vasilisa the Wise, but um, I love Baba Yaga as a character. She's very inspiring to me. Could you go and into that a little before we move forward? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's uh, just a really interesting character that shows up in actually in, in uh, several Russian fairy tales. Um, and she's, she's like your typical witch that like will eat you <laughs> basically if you cross her um but she's also incredibly incredibly wise and um and she um offers up just like these like really juicy bits of advice and um and uh she rides in a motor and pestle that flies um instead of a, a broomstick and her house is on chicken legs, and it, yeah, and it uh, travels around, and um, I just yeah, I just think she's really incredible. And then in, in some other stories in adaptation, she's actually benevolent and uh, kind. Um, but is it again because she's misunderstood that you are drawn to her, or that she's maybe more of a nuanced character? I mean, she'll eat you, but also there's yeah. good to her. I, I just I think that I just admire I admire how she's not apologetic about who she is. Like she's super fierce and scary and eats people. <laughs> but then normally she's, frowned upon. She's got a yeah. heart, you yeah. know, and 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 she's uh, she she does care and um, and she's magical and um, yeah. I think I think I love I just I I'm always drawn to duality in in people and in, in um in life uh and yeah I I think that's why I I'm so magnetized to her as a character. So you did a piece or two based off of her. Yeah, yeah, and my first piece I, I was kind of I was exploring uh roles, uh, uh roles that I felt like I had just gotten out of a, a a relationship and I was thinking about all these roles that I subconsciously took up in the in the relationship that um you know, I I feel I once I examined them I was like that's not me that that feels like it's conditioning that feels like it's but it, but I had done it in in every relationship I'd been in. And so I was exploring, I wanted to take those characters out and, and look at them and, and, and embody them. And, and, and uh, so the, the first char- character was a siren from the Odyssey. And, and basically she just had a, a monologue. And I did this all in masks. So I had like three different masks. Um, and she talks about how she feels like a failure because she's never seduced a man to his death and um uh, never drowned a man at sea and how she doesn't kn- she doesn't know her own worth um because if she can't do that that then what's her worth and uh, i i just I wanted to explore that kind of the role i felt like i was taking up of like wanting to be like 
the seductress, like somebody's everything, you know. Um, they're like manic pixie dream girl. Um, and and um, and how if I couldn't achieve that, how, what a failure I felt like. Like not just in the relationship, but as a person. Um, and then and then the the witch character was her whole life all she ever wanted to be was was a witch but um she's never been able to cast a spell and she's never you know managed to lure anybody into her gingerbread house and like and um how she kind of devoted her whole life to being this this thing but like now it just seems like uh uh yeah like she's uh wasted her life and then the last character was a, a housewife character. It was a full mask, so it didn't speak. And they just performed her song and, and basically uh, took uh, a heart, her heart out, which was a, a, a beat, a cooked beat, actually, but it looks like her real heart. <laughs> and I um, um, cooked it and um, b- battered it with a mortar and pestle. And it was the, the housewife was uh, kind of just the yeah kind of uh how the the nurturer in me the caretaker in me just wants to give everything everything to somebody and leave nothing for myself and how the that conditioning i f- i feel like that's kind of the message you get um that i feel like a, um i mean i don't identif- identify as a woman but um how a lot of women get that message and that's how they should be in relationships is um yeah um so it it was extremely cathartic for me there was a lot of humor in it it actually sounds like it it was so um depressing but it wasn't I, I put a lot of humor in it but um yeah that was kind of like my first solo piece that I created and and it it, it did wonders to heal me actually um in all of these ways to examine examine myself through these characters that way would you say that uh, the developing of those pieces was sort of a wrenching sort of healing process yeah 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 because yeah. this is this is and an identifying process as mm-hmm. well yeah yeah but getting to the identifying is a is a, sometimes a rocky road oh, which yeah. is why a lot of people have a tough time yeah. doing it yeah as the housewife w- when you were bashing the heart w- what were you trying to convey in that moment um I, I, in that moment, I was trying to convey, um, like I have, I have nothing else to give you but my heart. But if you, if you want my heart, I'll take it. I'll pound it to a pulp and I'll bake it into a cake for you. Like that's how much that's, I'll give you everything basically. I love that. Um, but it was, oh my gosh, when I would do that, every, every time I did that, where I take the, the pestle and I would beat the heart, I could feel it in my chest, like hurt so bad. And, and, and it immediately just like, it felt so good and so bad at the same time. An, ar- an artist in the truest sense. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that is you embodying the character. Living the experience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you see some of yourself in the spider? Mm-hmm what of yourself did you put into what you do tonight? Um, well, we talked about the spider being like this misunderstood creature. Yeah. And I guess I, I have a bit of that, 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 uh, complex of, of feeling like 
on I feel like sometimes like I'm such a monster and I, I, I think that's, that's probably relatively common that people feel that way um, but then I also feel so proud of that monster at the same time and and all the beautiful things that that monster can do that may be perceived as like not beautiful but you know to me they are and so I um I I wanted to just yeah I wanted to to embody that that feeling of like being this being a creature that that um is both ugly and beautiful and everything and yeah in particular lately you've been drawn to the duality of scary and beautiful mm-hmm. ah it's fascinating <laughs> because the spider is just that you've captured it beautifully um I, I don't know is there anything else for you to say about why you're drawn to duality um well i'm a gemini <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> could you tell us? Could you tell us why that is significant the to twins. the question? Yeah, yeah, the twins. I mean, first of all, that's my favorite type of answer. By the way, <laughs> well, I'm a Gemini, well, I'm so a Gemini. <laughs> so good. But uh, to the um, the person who doesn't know a lot about that area, myself and perhaps mm-hmm. others, could mm-hmm. you explain why that that makes sense as a response to that question? Yeah. Well, uh, the Gemini is the the twins. Um, it's. Uh, it's said that the Gemini's are two-faced, or that they have their. But that's a negative way of saying it. But that 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 they have two sides, and um, and I definitely definitely relate to that and feel that in my life a lot. And I, I used to be ashamed of it and think it was a negative thing, you know, that I'm not trustworthy or whatever. But um, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think more people are are like that than they realize. Um, and that uh, change and, and fluidity and and the the back and forth that that's a it's a it's a human thing it's um, yeah <laughs> and then the scary and the the beautiful um, because I I put that in like every piece that I've made too and I think that that's like um, growing up I was just like so afraid of of not being beautiful I thought you know that 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 was like uh where all my worth lay is is in uh being beautiful I mean that was just like I I was bombarded all the time with um that message everywhere I looked and I was so terrified of being ugly but I also thought I you know thought I was ugly so in in my pieces I really like to embrace that the beauty and the the creepiness at the same time like a lot of people get creeped out by masks and and I've I've always been drawn to masks I love them I think they're they're incredible vehicles for expression and I make them by hand too that was another thing I love the process of of making them and and um and it's really hard to control exactly what the expression is going to be. It always takes me by surprise what emerges. And it and it's always feels like um, an, an internal piece of me that I didn't know was there, like showing its face and emerging. It's really cool. That is significant that you make your own masks. It's also significant that you've started to make your own music. 
yeah. for these pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's a, a lot there. Um, y- you mentioned that music has been very cathartic for you, um, the creation of your own. Could you share a little with us about that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've always wanted to make music. And then, um, even when I was little, I'd make up songs and um, sing them. And uh, But at a certain point in my life, I became very, very self-conscious and very ashamed of my voice. Um, I felt uh, resentful. It felt like it gave me away because it's so soft um, and so gentle. It felt like it gave me away and people could would immediately think I was someone to like take advantage of or something. Um, or, you know, I, and I got teased a lot for it too. Um, and so there was a point where I just, I, I I just never wanted to use it. Um, and so making my own music and embracing the softness of my voice and using it to actually convey strength has been so incredibly healing for me. I mean, it's another example of you using art to help get over a hurdle that had presented itself through sometimes this kind of cruel life experience that we have. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it seems it's totally absurd that a person would have to feel ashamed about how they look or how they sound yeah. or how they exist. But yet it's something that is fairly universal to the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I I love that not only is performing something that is necessary inside of you because of, you know, the the person that you are, but also you've, you've harnessed it (laughs) in order to kind of help get over these hurdles that exist in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, What sort of feelings do you feel like you're gravitating towards expressing in this current era of your performance life? Um, I mean, it's it, that's that's a tough one because I there's so many so many things that um, I feel like I I uh, want to share um, with my performances and and a lot of times it's 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 not as simple as just like m- one feeling like things kind of like emerge as as um, as the the process of making something, uh, oh crap! <laughs> no, I I think that's great, and I, I think it captures a really good point, which is that yeah. you're never just channeling isolation. You're never yeah, yeah. just channeling <clears throat> sadness. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. this very three dimensional sort of spectrum yeah. where you know you're 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 expressing this, but you're actually expressing like five different things that yeah. surround and that. And a as lot well. of times, like in the creation process, things will pop up and surprise me. I'll be like, I didn't even know I wanted to say that. Like but but now that I see it it makes sense. Like, oh I, and um I mean a lot what I've been thinking of a lot about right now is just just cycles and um and the cycles of of life and death and and birth and um and just i don't know that that there this isn't all there is you know um or or maybe it is but but like just life, I don't know, you know, just what it is to be alive and, and 
to to be feeling and experiencing so much all of the time and it's it like it's so great to like pop out of that for a second I guess like what I was thinking of most recently was this experience they had in a um um one of those flotation pods like an isolation tank um and um I was it was so profound for me to lay in complete darkness and um, important to contextualize this for people yeah. so you went to a place and laid in a bed of water in complete darkness no sun in a tank yeah, no in a tank, tank. yeah in yeah a, yeah yeah and yeah no no noise though the water is 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 body temperature and you're floating you're and float. then it's completely dark there's no difference between your eyes open and your eyes closed and i um at first it was like i felt like i couldn't breathe it was just like it was it was uh just so overwhelming and and frightening and i i felt kind of frozen but then as i let it like hold me and embrace me I I like I reached this state that I feel like I've never achieved before with like any other kind of meditation or anything and and it was just like this feeling of infinite inf- uh, infinity and um it was so like comforting and refreshing to just be like fuck like okay like there's there's more than just you know this this body and and this life, there's there's so much more. There's infinity, and like that used to scare me, the idea of infinity, and and um, it's now it's like it, I'm ready. I'm ready for infinity. And I guess like I don't know, like that was one of the things I was thinking of when I created um, the piece, um, was just like how we go on. These cycles happen to us and we just, we go on. I love that. And it ties in with the the last prompt that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, Two years ago, you wrote a piece um, online about uh, art being a gift. Hmm. You reflected about a lot of different things, but one of the things you reflected on in that piece was... um, Let's see, a Japanese scientist, uh, Masaru Emoto. Do you remember what I'm talking about here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. D- um, something about uh, water crystal pictures and how he discovered that water reacts to messages. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's so weird that you're bringing this up because it's right around the same time I made my first piece. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So could you share with us about that scientist um, and or do you even remember what I'm talking about? Well, here? like, I don't really know where I ended up with that. So I'll, 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 read, I'll read it to you. Basically he discovered that water reacts to messages yeah. and when frozen after receiving a message, the water creates beautiful crystals that relate to the message. Mm-hmm. He also discovered that the messages could translate to water through prayer and that if many people prayed at the same time mm-hmm. around a body of contaminated water, it could actually purify the water. Mm-hmm. And your thought was that the theory resolve, revolves around the fact that we are made up mostly of water and that being part of the world, we are one with. Um, when we pray for ourselves and to ourselves, it is the same as praying for the world. Mm-hmm. And this caused you to want to begin to pray for yourself after a time of, of a, a pretty heavy emotional tumult. Mm-hmm. 
and this led you to wanting to thank yourself and to love yourself and it never occurred to you before that healing yourself could in turn heal the world yeah and that it's funny how we think of ourselves as so separate from everything else uh, but in fact we are all connected in that way Mm-hmm. And this was part of a larger piece about how art has been such a gift to you and it's mm-hmm. given you so much. And th- the more you read and consume other artists, the more connected you feel to the world around you. And that um, this is an incredible revelation that you had after a period of a lot of pain and mm-hmm. that you were thankful for basically connection to the world, connection to your fellow artists and being an artist yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up and reminding me of that um, because that was like such a critical point in my life. Um, And yeah, it, 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 it did, it really resonated with me with what we do with art, you know, like especially with like my pieces, I, you know, I worried sometimes that, oh, is this like, too self-indulgent or is this like you know like dealing with my like personal whatever like is is that going to is that going to do anyone any good to see it or experience that but there's I mean we're all experiencing a lot of similar similar things and um and um I think the act of, of creating those pieces because they healed me, that healing like goes out. And, and I, you know, I, I've had people tell me that they've, they gotten a lot of, of, of healing from witnessing my pieces. And that's something that I never like expected, but I am, I am so, so grateful that, that for some people that's what it has done for them. Um, because I know for me, I, I, I wouldn't be here without it. And, um, yeah. And I think art in, in, in all of its forms, it's, it's, it connects us and it allows us to communicate in other ways, in other ways than just, just words. And, um, I think that's really, really powerful. And, um, yeah. (laughs) I can't think of a better way to conclude the episode (laughs) than on that point. So all I can say is, Tom, do you have any closing thoughts for us here tonight? Um, Stick around and, and, and watch what's about to happen. It's, it's really a beautiful piece and it's, uh, Starts and finishes uh, in duality, as a matter of fact. The, uh, I think, anyway. I think it starts with the sun and it ends with the moon. Uh, mm. There's some birth, there's some death. It's just such a beautiful, dualistic piece. <laughs> Thank you. And from someone who loves spiders. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> glad you gave that up <laughs> just this once because uh, knowing what you're looking at, is, uh, it, 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 it's an awful lot of fun that, with that knowledge as well. Thank you. Uh, that conclusion you just did was very beautiful. Um, I, I can't say enough about it. I, I feel like it was just such a such a good sort of like explanation of why you do what you do and why many of us do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, all I can say to you is thank you so much for being a part of yeah. this thing with thank us here you. tonight. Thank you. thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the care and generosity of self that goes into the work that you do is, is so evident. And I believe that we captured that both yeah. in the filming of your performance and also the conversation yeah, here tonight. Conversation. So, I mean, all I can yeah, say is we're very appreciative. 
Me too. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is now our time to officially recommend that you turn your attention to the On Stage with Jim and Tom mm. YouTube channel, where you will find Supper Bloom performing Spider tonight. Um, go to YouTube and search Supper Bloom Spider, and you will find it. Spell that. S u p p e r b l o o m. One word. Spider. S p i d e r. Hi, the spider part was easy, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> It is the embodiment of everything we've discussed tonight, and uh, we are so grateful for it. So to the audience, we say, please go watch that. And to Quenby, we say one more time, thank you so much for being a part of this with thank us you, tonight. Jim. Thanks, thank you so Tom. much.